0: Welcome back to Worldview Matters. This is Ross and my co-host Bob. Bob, we had a spirited discussion last week, and I think that we're going to have another spirited discussion this week. And let's pick up where we left off
1: last time. Welcome. Glad to be with you, my friend. Good to be with you too, Ross. And as you remember, we were right in the middle of a, a controversy that's been in our culture now for 40 years, and that's the whole idea of, abortion is it is it's legal is it right and there are lots and lots of issues that make an already volatile matter even more murky and cloudy you mentioned a couple last time on our show about what happens when a woman gets pregnant uh through incest or through rape uh you know we talked about the issue of what happens if you know the child is going to be uh it's going to have a, a less than ideal life. We even talk about my daughter Elena, a young lady with Down syndrome, who, uh, you know, compared to most people, you'd argue that she has a a less than ideal life. And yet, I can tell you, uh, she's a great gal, having a great life, and she keeps me in stitches most of the time. One of the high points of my life. So, you know, all of these things affect this issue, even. A, a court case or a criminal case in Florida about a young man who gave his, his girlfriend, who was pregnant, unbeknownst to her, the uh, abortion drug and killed the baby. And now he's on trial for first degree murder. Wow. That's
0: interesting. Now, we got off on another little... Not a tangent, but it's really something at the core of this discussion that we're having. When you mentioned the people going into the World Trade Center, who's to say that they're right? Who's to say that they're wrong? Because they had a worldview that says, this is what we ought to do. Our worldview is different from that, and we say that they're wrong. So now the question becomes, what's the framework through which we make this kind of decision? Because we can sit and discuss it and think, I think this, I think this, I realize this, this, that, and the other. But to come to any sort of rational, logical, right-thinking conclusion, we need a framework. And that framework for making a decision should be valid regardless of how we're dealing with, what situation we're dealing with. And let me give you an example. Some years ago, I had a, a contract that I had just negotiated with a large bank in Amsterdam and so we had come to a uh, an agreement and so we were having a dinner uh, to sort of celebrate the fact that we had come together and and we're gonna be doing this business so th- the man that I was dealing with was um, of German descent and so the bank had partly a, a German background and so we were having dinner at this, at this place, as a matter of fact, in Frankfurt. It was at the center of Frankfurt at the Opera House, if anyone knows Frankfurt. So we were having this discussion, and I asked him. He had told me that he was a Christian before. Well, I was looking forward to a great discussion that evening. So I asked him a little bit more about his faith and come to find out he really was not a Christian. So I said, and this is where I went out on a limb. I said, well, now let me ask you this. If you believe that there is no absolute truth, which was the question that I asked him, how do you say that Hitler was wrong? Now, bear in mind, I'm sitting in the middle of Germany with a man who has lived his whole life in Germany, talking about something that is absolutely the anathema of what Germans want to talk about today because there's a separation between Germans and Nazis. Nazis were a part of the German culture who believed a certain thing, but not all Germans were Nazis. And not all Nazis were Germans, (laughs) interestingly enough. But he exploded I thought, man, this contract's going to go, and he's going to throw the table at me. And we had a very, very spirited discussion. We we have done business for a long time since then. Uh, every time I go into Europe, I find out where he is so we could have dinner. But... That was the discussion we had. And if you have no rational way to make a decision, and if truth is not absolute, if God doesn't have a way that he thinks about this particular situation and all others, then Hitler could have been right. Saddam Hussein could have been right. The people who flew into the trade center could have been right.
1: Well, I I think you're right on point. I think that that is the issue. and it And it directly affects whether or not we think— an unborn child in a mother's womb is a human or not a human. Uh, it's interesting that the Germans, whether they were Nazis or German nationalists, they tolerated. it. They may not have been actively a- advocating the annihilation of the Jews and the gypsies and other sub-Slavic races, but they certainly tolerated it, and they went along with the Nazi definition that these sub-races were sub-human. Which justified the gas chambers of Treblinka and and Dachau and all the other places and and you're exactly right, Ross. By by whose definition do we determine is something right or wrong, and or is someone alive or not alive? Are they human or non-human? What's interesting to me is that um, going back to the issue of abortion, that. W- w- one of almost everybody recognizes that early, early, early on in the pregnancy, that um, medical science has been able to prove, even at 40 days, 21 days, that a baby's heart is beating, that their brain waves can be read by an EEG, uh, that those that all these evidences that at the other end of life still determine, viability of life, spontaneous heart rhythm and presence of brain waves determine whether someone is alive at the end of their life in fact, we can't take them off life support uh, unless they have some kind of a will uh, stipulation if those evidences are present but with an unborn child we can so it 's back to your point what it's a definition of human. What's the definition of being alive? All these things are factors, and they relate to our worldview. That brings up the Shabo case,
0: Bob, that we had talked about uh, a number of shows ago. So you have all of these matters that really c- concentrate on worldview and the seeking of truth. And the question is, is there a truth that we're trying to deal with here? in making these decisions or are we making them out of our own emotional view or is there a framework for which we decide these things Uh, and these are the issues of life i mean how long has this issue of abortion been discussed it goes back before roe v wade and since roe v wade obviously it's been a hotbed and then you have all of these pills the morning after pill the you know two day pill you know contraception really started which was the the daily taking of a pill to prevent abortion the question is is that abortive i mean to prevent conception and the question is is that abortive because and, and the, all, obviously there was something called the IUD which many say was an abortive process in in and of itself because it that the egg was fertilized and then the IUD Prevented it from going past that that fertilization or conception. So we've got a lot of very sticky issues that relate to this issue of abortion.
1: We do, Ross, and and many of these things are so delicate that you almost get to the place where you're beginning to split hairs at at, at these points. But if I could just for a second, for our benefit, you know, this is a show about worldview, and and we're tackling abortion because we we want to make the point that actions are driven by ideas. In other words, ideas have consequences. And what we're discussing today down at street level is the whole issue of abortion, the morning after pill, which I know at some point we're going to talk about, uh, the the old abortion pill, Roe v. Wade, you know, the idea of of rape and incest and how that governs into this. But But beyond that, really, I should say above that, if we can, if we can scroll out from street level, from the street level of abortion, from the street level of the World Trade Center, from the street level of many of the issues that we're debating in our culture, if we can, if we can scroll out from Google Earth street level to Google Earth big picture level, here's what we need to talk about, is that all of these worldviews, have some kind of, of orthodoxy that supports them. There's some kind of ideology. That ideology may, and, Ross, it is in our case, you and I have made no apologetics about the fact that we believe as Christians, as uh, Christian theists, that the, the Scriptures, the, the Holy Bible, uh, gives us the basis for the orthodoxy, that supports a Christian worldview. The Quran is the orthodoxy that supports Islam. Uh, I would argue that scientific inquiry, believing that the system of the universe is closed, is the orthodoxy behind evolution and naturalism, which brings us to the worldview of, Hey, it's all just tissue. Everything here is just stuff. People really don't have any real meaning. So therefore, whether a human is in the womb or whether a human is on life support, it's just tissue. But the point is, there are ideas that support this. The New Age movement, there are ideas that there's this cosmic truth that we can access via certain ascended meditation methods. All of these things, Ross, have orthodoxy. When I say orthodoxy, don't say don't think capital, O, think little O, but it's the truth systems or the lack of truth systems that support these worldviews and those things dictate whether or not we think abortion is right or wrong, whether we think the father has a right in saying whether there should be an abortion or not or just the mother if the mother has a right well why not the father because the the child is separate from the mother the mother may be carrying the child supporting life but it's a it's a different being mother no nobody has two brains two hearts two lung systems but a child and a mother there are two brains, two hearts, two lung systems. So that's, there's two different people there. So all of these things, there's, a, there's a, a view of what constitutes truth, and that's what I want to keep bringing our listeners back to. How do we determine what is true, or is there such a thing as true truth? Well, and out of, and out orthodoxy, of orthodoxy comes, comes orthopraxy. orthopraxy. And right. that means what we do based on what we That's believe. That's right. And and if you think, if you if you have subscribed to a worldview that says there are no moral absolutes, then really the choices that I make are basically what I think is best for me. Uh, and it that gets back to a lot of the the, the engine behind a lot of them the modern abortion is really what's what do I think is best for me? And so if I, if it's inconvenient for me to have a child, incest is not involved. Rape is not involved. This is a normal, healthy, go to full term. It's going to be a person who has the same rights and the same characteristics that I do. The only difference is I don't want that person in my life. That person is an inconvenience. Well, logically, That opens the door to me saying, well, you know what? My neighbor's dog keeps bothering me at night, keeping me awake. I've told my neighbor about that dog, but that neighbor's continuing to inconvenience me. So by golly, I have a right to go over there. You see where this is going? I can eradicate my neighbor Yeah. Yeah, because my neighbor's inconveniencing me. Well, Ross, you know, if if we make our decisions in life based on what we think is best for us, and that's a lot of the reasoning behind a lot of the abortion demands, it's, I don't want this baby. This baby is inconvenient. The, the case we talked about earlier in Florida, this young man said, hey, I'm building a life. I'm still going to school. I don't have time for a, to be a father. I don't have time for a child in my life. That's going to that's gonna get in the way of my studies. And so on the basis of that inconvenience, I can go up and give my girlfriend an anti-abortion pill and kill this child. It's going to be interesting to see how the lawyers who are going to defend this guy, what their defense is going to be. I mean, they've got some... They've got, some, they've got some tort issues here they can build something on. Uh, hey, if a woman thinks it's okay to abort, why can't the husband be okay with abortion? If the second trimester is legal in some cases of abortion, why not in this case with abortion? This could you be know. a landmark case. I mean, there's oh, no absolutely. doubt about that.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's but, sort of like, uh, you know, if, if uh, in a wreck, if, there, if the offending person is at fault— and a baby, a a mother dies in the other car who has a, quote, viable child, then that person could be held, uh, found guilty
1: of murder. Well, the minute that we get into a situation in our culture where we start making decisions based on personal convenience, that is a slippery slope to some place that nobody wants to end up. I mean, at some point, I can make the argument, you know, my elderly relative is draining all of my financial reserves. And, you know, they, their quality of life has deteriorated to the point that they can barely get around. Of course, this is the Kevorkian argument. Then we ought to have the right—that person ought to have the right, first of all, to terminate their own life. But then who's to say that I shouldn't have the right— to terminate their life. If I can terminate a child in the womb who has Down syndrome, why can't I terminate a Down syndrome adult who has less than an ideal life? You see where this is going? Worldview really does matter. And we've got to think these things through. I I
0: had a discussion one night in Florida with uh, someone, again, with a bank. And he was talking about that ethicists had come to a conclusion over and we were talking about abortion. And I said, well, what is the view of those ethicists? And he said, well, they probably have different views about this. And that's how ethicists ethicists come to conclusions. They sit around and each are learned and they come to a logical conclusion that's based on the the majority. And I said, then what that means is that the person who can talk the loudest is going to win or who has the most personal intellect is going to win. It's not going to be based on any matters of truth or, uh, or, or well, logic is part of that. And he said, well, but a- ethicists, that's what they are for. And I thought this is so far afield. That is a, that's a worldview that el- eliminates disregards any search for what is absolute truth?
1: Well, but it's interesting that that modern ethicists basically build their ethical arguments on a premise that man's reason trumps everything else. It goes back to Rene Descartes. You and I have had this conversation in some of our former shows. Prior to the Enlightenment, Rene Descartes, who was a Christian, by the way, ironically, uh, said... I think, therefore, I am. My human logic trumps all other bases of truth, including the revelation of Scripture. And at that point, Western culture reached a pivot point. And it's been on a downhill slide ever since, looking for an absolute basis for determining right and wrong. But it's rejected Western civilization has largely rejected the idea that the scriptures, the, the revealed truths about God and his kingdom, can, can comprise a worldview orthodoxy. But in, in relation to, to abortion and many, many other issues, including capital punishment and murder, the scriptures have a lot to say about these things. But as a culture... A lot of Western life has rejected the scripture as a basis for that. Well, this issue of revelation is important. I mean, that's
0: truth is revealed to
1: us. Absolutely. Well, you and I believe that. You and I believe that as Christian theists, but we're becoming a minority in, in Western culture. Many people are saying, no, there is no revelation because the universe is a closed system. There is nothing out there but matter. That's the worldview of the scientific revolution. That's what came out of the Enlightenment, Ross. And that's what I hope our listeners understand, that the Western culture didn't get here overnight. But over the course of the last 350 years, we've moved from a biblical Christian theism in Western culture to a postmodern relativism. Uh, Where, as you say, whoever makes the strongest argument or whoever has public opinion on on their side, they win. Well, we see that every
0: day in our government. They poll to see which way they're going to go. Absolutely. Because they want to make sure that they're in line with the thinking process of the majority of the voters because that will get them back into power. And I don't want to get political here. Well, I really do, but I shouldn't. But that's the main goal of most politicians is to stay in power.
1: And and let me me toss out to you and to our listeners a, a little bit of a sinister Orwellian scenario. We're going to be facing days ahead where finances and funding becomes more and more of a challenge of our way of life. Okay? Now, As the the social security system becomes more and more depleted, who's to say at some point that people might not say, hey, wait a minute, Bob and Ross, those guys have had a full life. They've taken up enough air already. They have. They've taken up enough air. Let's give the kids, let's give the young people a chance to have their moment in the sun. So, Ross, Bob, uh, we're really sorry. But we're first of all, we're going to cut off your medical funding, which the government's put in place. And if the government can put it in place, the government can retract it on the basis of we just can't afford everything. So who's going to get cut out most? Well, it's logical to think Bob and Ross ought to be cut out first. Or, whoa, no, no, wait a minute, maybe not Bob and Ross because they still have a little bit of political clout. It's the people who don't have any viable means of supporting the system. My daughter, Elena, sure qualifies for that. And so the people with Down syndrome, the people with spina bifida, the people with cerebral palsy, you, you see where this is going. So, suddenly you have some kind of a litmus test for being able to say who gets the funding, who doesn't. And then you're one step away from saying, you know, it's just time to pull the plug on some of these people. And maybe after a certain age, even if you're in good health, it's just time to euthanize folks because they had their opportunity and now it's over. There's no basis in a postmodern culture for determining this. And here's what's so scary. We're all for that. I'm talking about as a culture now, until it begins to affect us. And by that time, it may be too late if there's not some kind of a moral basis for making these ethical decisions. We're you know, that's, all, what,
0: that's what, you
1: know, that's what that's Niemöller what we, was saying. Niemüller said,
0: Uh, They came for the, um, I can't remember what group, and I did nothing. Then they came for another group, and I did nothing. And then they came for me, and there was no one there to do anything. And that's the viewpoint of Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, back in the mid-40s. He said, if you don't take care of the Jews, how can you sing Gregorian chants? In other words, you've got to make an orthopraxy out of your orthodoxy if you believe If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, then you need to take up for these people who are oppressed and affected by systems that are against those and who make choices based on factors that are different from what God would say. Because that's what exactly Hitler was doing. He was eradicating the Jews. And, you know, if you look at this, what, seven million Jews were eradicated? We've killed 50 million children by abortion seven times what the holocaust did we talk about the holocaust and say that's horrible but what about abortion
1: and ross you and i've got to at this point say something that we don't always like to say and that is that christians have often either been asleep or on the wrong side of an issue we have we had a series of shows just, just recently where we talked about you know when christians act like jerks and many times Christians uh, do act like jerks. Uh, we, we do things that are, that are explicitly wrong, but we also don't do things that are explicitly right. There have been many times when Christians did not defend the rights of the weak and the helpless. Uh, the, the whole women's suffrage movement, many Christians, many Christians didn't defend the rights of women. And, and we, we need to say to our own shame, we should have been on the other side of some of those issues. Many Christians in the South during, during the, 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 the civil rights movement were on the wrong side of those issues. And so it's easy for a lot of people to say because Christians, whether they're in Germany or whether they're in Georgia— Because they haven't always defended justice the way their own scriptures say that they should, why should we trust them now? And honestly, Ross, they have a point. But what we've got to say to Christians is, Christians, go back and do what your book says. Go back and grow to maturity. Be like Christ. Go back and do what your Savior says. And if you don't, shame on you. You're not living up to your worldview.
0: Right. Well, we certainly have to look in the mirror when we when we make these comments. Uh, we're we're stepping out. We're saying things that are on the edge. Uh, this is the clash of worldviews that we're talking about. We're taking a position. We'd love to have anyone challenge what we are talking about or saying. Matter of fact, that's a, that's part of this kind of debate. But we'd love to have those discussions. We'll treat you with Kindness, we we possibly will not agree. I'm sure we'll find points where we do agree. We may find points where we do not agree, but we will would love to have that uh, interaction uh, with anyone who would love to challenge what we're saying or agree with us. We may have some points that could be made that we're missing. Certainly, uh, two boys from Tennessee would have a hard time having
1: a corner on the on intellect. Correct. Well, you know, I know our time is just about up today, Ross. But I do want to get us back to one thing we were making a few minutes ago, and that is that so many of the laws that are on the books today, whether they be about abortion or anything else. Many of those laws are based on what is best for me, what's best for me, or or a group of people that I can muster together and uh, get to vote with me. And so we're losing, we're losing our basis for law. Uh, you know, the, the Western civilization really reached a pivot point when law was no longer determined by the king, but the king was held accountable to the law. It went from rex-lex to lex-rex. And th- that worldview shift... Was largely because Christians in the culture made an argument that there were absolutes revealed in scripture. We still have in place a a system of jurisprudence that's based on the fact that law is based on absolute. But Ross, that's changing. Roe v. Wade, uh, in my opinion, was one of the landmark cases. That said, if it's, if it's inconvenient for someone, we can change the law and put other people who have lesser rights in jeopardy. We did it with the Dred Scott decision in 1857. Hitler did it with the Jews and the gypsies and others. And all thinking people everywhere need to be on guard. Our hackles should go up when we hear people saying, I have a right To my convenience, I I don't want this baby because I have a right to finish my education. I don't want this Jew in my life because they're controlling the financial reserves in our community. Whoa, that we do our whole society, we do ourselves, and we dishonor God when we allow ourselves to think that way. Worldview doesn't matter. It does Absolutely. This is a great place to
0: not bring this to a conclusion, but bring this to a pause because we want to talk about these issues more in the days ahead. So thank you, Bob, for again joining me in a spirited discussion. Thank you listeners for coming back and listening to us again. We'd love to engage you in any way possible. Please contact us either through the website or any way possible. And uh, please go listen to some of the other shows on Big Brains Media. Weather Brains, Auburn Unleashed, uh, Undone Redone, Bama Talk, Just Talking It Up, of course, Worldview Matters. Thanks so much to JP and James, and we look forward to seeing you all the next time. Thanks, Bob.